Let me thank you all again for coming out this morning. Very glad that you are here. It's a beautiful day outside, a little chilly out there this morning, but nonetheless a, a, a beautiful day. I was thinking uh, there when I mentioned the, uh, the Youth Devo uh, coming up next Sunday night out at the D-Board house, I was thinking that our young folks are are going to really be busy between now and the end of the month. I, I know the teen singing is today. I think they're leaving right after church for that. I believe the church raiders are Wednesday night. Not sure where they're going uh, this month for the church raiders, but I think that's Wednesday night. And then the Devo uh, next Sunday night. And then at the end of the month is the CYC up in Pigeon Forge. So our, our young people are going to be really busy, and they're going to be together. That's the, that's the main thing. They're going to be together. They're going to be doing these things together. Good influences. Uh, it's always a great thing when our young people can spend a lot of time together. And that's going to be happening here for the rest of this month for sure. I, I'm a little out of wind already. The announcements were so long, and I keep thinking uh, when th- that happens... Uh, Jack Hogan, when he was an elder, used to always get on to me and tell me that I, I mentioned too many names. But when somebody uh, asks for prayers, I just, I just feel obligated to, uh, to mention that name. And so I, I hope it's good with you. I realize the announcements were long, but uh, all of those people need our prayers. It could be that I don't preach water baptism from this pulpit as much as I, as I really should. I, I guess I, I just assume that you know about water baptism. I always mention it uh, during the Lord's invitation. Never fail to mention it at that time. But I don't really preach about it that much. If you attend here regularly, but you have not obeyed the gospel, I do not believe that it is a lack of knowledge. I believe that you know what God requires and you know what to do. And so this morning I, I wanted to deliver a message about water baptism, but I wanted to do it in a, in a different way. Uh, a year or so ago I went to a gospel meeting down at Dunlap and uh, Jim Dearman was, was preaching and Jim preached a lesson about water baptism. But i got to tell you, he was over halfway through before I realized that it was about water baptism. Jim just uh, took a, a different approach to it. It was water baptism, but he did it in a, in a different way. And so this morning, like Jim, I was kind of looking for a, a different angle, a, a different perspective. Now there is nothing wrong with the good old book, chapter, and verse sermons. As a matter of fact, that's my favorite kind. I still think that that is the best way to do it. Here's what the New Testament teaches us, and you need to be obedient to it. I still think that's the best way. But this time, this morning at least, I was looking for a different approach. This is the way I'm going to do it. If you have never really tried... To, to practice the New Testament, the commands that we see there in the New Testament, and, and that would include obeying the gospel. Baptism is, is not going to change your mind 
about those things. That's, that's not what it's for. Our, our mindset about obeying the gospel, about being obedient to the New Testament plan, our mindset and our attitude should be changed before we get anywhere close uh, to the baptistry. That, that comes before water baptism. We should already have recognized and understood the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. He came down from heaven, lived the life of a human, shed His blood on the cross so that our sins could be washed away. We'd have a chance to go to heaven. We need to understand all of that and what He did for us before baptism. And we realize that He tells us that our response to that is, if you love me, He says, keep my commandments. That is, that is our necessary response for the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Now let me quickly say, it does not take a long time for us to, to come to that decision. As a matter of fact, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls obeyed the gospel that same day. And so, and so it can happen very, very quickly. But we need to understand all of those things before we go into the water. When we see the truth and we understand that we need to be obedient to it. That comes before water baptism. And since baptism is, is not to change our mind, it's not to change our life either. Uh, the, the way that we live and our habits and our, our lifestyle, again, that should already be done. That's what repentance is all about. And that comes before water baptism. Jesus tells us, Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Luke 13 and verse 3 says it again in verse 5. In Acts chapter 17 and in verse 30, the Apostle Paul is in Athens and he walked around that city and man, there was idols everywhere, false gods that they were worshiping. And he says in verse 30 that the times of this kind of ignorance God winked at. But now he commands all men everywhere to repent. And repentance... Repentance has been defined as a, a change of mind that leads us to a change of life. And whenever we start talking about those things, uh, repentance and changing our mind and our life, I always think about the story that we know as the prodigal son. Recorded for us in Luke chapter 15. Starts about verse 11. You're familiar with, with that story. Jesus tells us that a, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, uh, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth unto me. And he divided unto them his living. He asked for his inheritance while his dad was still alive. But, but he's got a plan here. He knows what he's going to do. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey to far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, 
And he began to be in want. So he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country who sent him into the fields to feed swine. Now, no Jew would have taken that job. Swine were unclean to, to the Jews. It, it was against the law of Moses. They weren't supposed to eat them or, or be around them. And so this guy was desperate. He needed a job bad. Took a job feeding swine. And Jesus even tells us that he was ready to eat the pig's food. That's how bad it was. But in verse 17 of that chapter, Jesus tells us that he came to himself. Right here. He, he came. He came to himself. And he said, my, my father's servants have bread enough and despair and, and I perish with hunger. I'm going to arise. I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to say, Father, I've, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. No more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He, he came to himself and he realized the situation that he was in. He changed his mind and he changed his life. He got up and went to his father. And that happens before water baptism. That's what repentance is about. We change our mind and we change our life before water baptism. What I'm about to say sounds a little bit hard, but I, I, I believe it has happened. No doubt, numerous times. We can go into the waters of baptism and the only thing that happens is we get wet. It doesn't help us at all. If, if there is no real change of mind and no real change in our life, no, no real repentance, then all we do is, is just get wet. And, and I'm sorry to say that I, I'm convinced that has happened many times over the years. People were never truly converted. You ask them, have you ever, obe have you ever obeyed the gospel? And, been baptized into Christ. Uh, oh yeah, I did that five years ago. They were never really converted. Because nothing really changed about their life. And so nothing changed about their spiritual condition. They just got wet. There's got to be that change of mind and that change of life. And that comes before water baptism. I wish that I could tell you that if you would just obey the gospel this morning, there would be a, a protective shield around you for the rest of your life. You would never be tempted again. You would never sin again. I wish I could tell you that, but there's not a bit of truth to it. In, in fact, if you obey the gospel, Satan may work harder on you than he ever has in your life. Even the Apostle Paul realized in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27. Paul, Paul is talking about himself here. Paul says that, that I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. Paul is, 
is talking about himself. We, we might think that the, the Apostle Paul would be completely immune to temptation and sin. But Paul says, hey, I've got to watch it. Because I, even I could become a castaway. James 1 and verse 13 tells us that God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempts He any man. God will not tempt us, my friends. But Satan sure will. And so, we need to obey the gospel. Yes, we do. Absolutely. But we will still be tempted. Uh, yeah, we will. <laughs> We will still sin. Uh, yes, we will. And because of those things, we could still lose our soul. Uh, yes, all of that is true. But if you would obey the gospel, you will have a great advantage. In 1 John 1 and verse 7, John tells us there that if we are walking in the light, and what he means by that is if we are living a Christian life. We're, we're striving to live a Christian life and practice the New Testament. If we're walking in the light, we have, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. That happens when we're living that Christian life and, and walking in the light. Well, we're not doing it perfectly and we're making mistakes, but the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, continues to wash away our sins. If we are a Christian and we're trying to walk in the light, that is a great advantage for us. And to that we can add... Christians have the avenue of prayer. In John 9 and verse 31, we're told, For we know that God does not hear sinners. Hey, but we're all sinners. We all make mistakes. But notice the rest of that verse. We know that God does not hear sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and does his will, him he Hears. Christians can talk to God. Christians can ask for help. Christians can ask for mercy and forgiveness. They, they can ask for God's blessings. Being a Christian puts you in that position. And my friends, only Christians have that advantage. Those who are walking in the light have that great advantage. So what is this baptism stuff all about? Well, it, it shadows the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul explains it to us in Romans chapter 6. Look with me there. In, in Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 1, Paul writes here, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that that grace may abound? Do we keep sinning more and more and more so we'll get more grace? Uh, certainly not, he says. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Died to sin. We, we changed our mind. We changed our life. We, we, we died to sin. Or do you not know 
that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. We, uh, we, we, uh, the person we used to be ha- has died. Uh, not here anymore. We've repented of our sins. Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death. Our old man died. We're buried in the waters of baptism that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we come up out of the waters by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. A new creature when we come up out of the waters of baptism. The person we used to be is not there anymore because we've changed our life. We've been buried in the waters of baptism. We come up out of those waters a new creature. Verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man, the person that we used to be, was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with, and that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Galatians 3 and verse 27 tells us, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And water baptism is to wash away our sins. Romans 3 and verse 23 tells us that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so we all stand in need of that that washing away that occurs when we obey the gospel and submit to water baptism. In Acts chapter 22 and in verse 16, Acts 22, verse 16, Ananias said to Saul of Tarsus, he said, what? Why tarriest thou? What are you waiting on, Saul? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. That's, that's where it happens. And, and everybody needs that. We need that washing away of our sins. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit falls on the apostles. Peter delivers that first gospel sermon. And when he was done, his audience asked him the question, Men and brethren, what shall we do now? What, what do we do? Peter just answered in verse 38, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's where it happens when we are fully obedient to God's plan of salvation. That includes water baptism. I think we can see why water baptism is so important. Why, why do you do that? Why do you keep practicing that? All of these many years after the establishment of the church, if we look at the early days of the church, what were they doing in those days? Water baptism was for the remission of sins was clearly what they were practicing. And my friends, a couple thousand years later, water baptism is still necessary to be added to the church. This morning, if you have never obeyed the gospel, and we talked about those things, repentance of sins, 
confessing the name of Jesus Christ, immersion in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins. If you have never been obedient to God's plan of salvation, you can do so this very day. If you've made that decision, we will help you get that done. Perhaps you have been a Christian at some time. You, you, did, all, you did all of those things. Your baptism was good. You knew full well what you were doing at that time, but for some reason, you failed to be as faithful as you should have been. If that is the case with you, respond to the invitation this morning. Ask for the prayers of the faithful and be restored. While we stand, while we sing.